This morning, there's, a, there's, there's something on my heart that I feel like is, is such an important message for all of us, you know, and if you pick up your Bible and you read through it, who of you have read through the whole Bible, like from beginning to end? A few of you. I actually haven't done it before. I've read, like, uh, most of it. Uh, to be honest, usually those passages with all the names, you know, I just just, <laughs> just often skip over them. But uh, anyway, but when you take your Bible and you read through it, it, is, it, it doesn't take long to, to realize that water baptism is an important thing for God. Have you read that before, especially in the New Testament? You read through the New Testament and you just, wherever you go, whatever you read, you just kind of see baptism pops up all, all over the time. And, and it's, it's important to God. And I want to say that if it's important to God, surely it should be important to us, right? But, but why? why? Why should it be important to us? Why is it important to God? And this morning, I actually want to share on that, on baptism. You know, how does it work? Does it count when I was baptized as a baby? Does it count? Is this preach not relevant to me anymore? How does it work? And this morning, I want to look at that. And um, I want to say that it's, it's a vital part of what it means to follow Jesus. Being baptized is a vital part of what it means to follow Jesus. And often we can just assume, you know, everyone knows what it means, you know, because we have witnessed a baptism. Like, we have seen a friend or a family member get baptized. And so we often just assume that we all know what it, what it means. And um, recently we've had many new people come to us as a church in the last year or so, and it's awesome to have you, but I want to make sure that everyone understands what it's about, because this will directly affect your relationship with Jesus. And so I want us to take this seri seriously. And there's a video that I want to quickly show you. Uh, who of you know Nacho Libre, the movie Nacho Libre? Maybe I'll, I've lost some, some of you already. But there's a short video that I want to show you. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. And, and, and Nacho says this thing, I'm a little bit concerned about your salvation and stuff. In that accent, right? <laughs> and he kind of does this. This uh, that's actually kind of like a sprinkling, or uh, you know, like a Catholic type of baptism. But he he, he almost he takes this guy is like what into the water, like I'm concerned about your salvation and stuff. Why aren't you baptized? <laughs> and in his mind, it is it is so clear that baptism is such a key part of what it means to be properly saved. Like, how, do you, how are you not baptized? I'm concerned about your salvation. You know, and I, and I think it's, a, it's obviously a very funny um, little clip. <laughs> but in a sense, 
today, if you look at just the world around us, baptism actually became this optional thing that only the charismatic people does, right? That's kind of how the world often portrays it. But I want to show you this morning that it's, it's not just a certain group of people. It's actually in the Bible. It's an integral part of how the early church lived. It's an integral part of what it really means to be a Christian. And, and it's so important. And I can personally testify just on, on the effect that the word of baptism had on my life. And I'll share some of, some of it just, just now. But before we just dive into some of the nitty-gritties, to understand baptism, you need to first understand salvation. And for us to understand salvation, you need to understand repentance. I don't want us to get caught up on baptism just yet. I want us to understand what is salvation, what is repentance, because that, that's, that's ultimately where we start. And so the word repentance, that's kind of a swear word in today's culture, right? Repentance. Are you telling me to repent? What? Why can't I just live my life my way? No, God has called us to repent. And the word repentance means metanoia, my Greek word for the day. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just for you, Paul. Um, it means, it, it's a word metanoia, and it means to turn around and to walk in the other direction. So you're walking this way in your life, and to repent means you turn around from what you're busy with, your sinful life, and you don't just turn around and kind of stay neutral. You can't stay neutral. And you walk the other direction, which is where God is, and you follow Him. That is repentance. Repentance isn't just, just a change of mind. I'll just change my mind on what sin is. Repentance is a change of mind that leads into action that follows and obeys Jesus. And, if, and I want you to understand what repentance is. Because repentance isn't just I feel bad about what I've done and then nothing changes. It's turning away from it, repenting, asking God for forgiveness, and then following, following Him. And in the book of Acts, I loved it. In, in, on Wednesday we were in community and one of the questions were, what is your favorite book in the Bible? And I was like, Acts. Put, put my answer on there. It's definitely Acts. <laughs> it's such a beautiful picture of God's way for church. And in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Repent then and turn to God. Isn't that just what I said, what repentance is? You repent and you turn to God. You turn to the other direction. And later on, if you have heard us Quote Acts 2, somewhere in Acts, Acts chapter 2. In Josh Jane, you'll find that a lot, because that's where we see the early church started in, in verse 42 to 47, and it's a beautiful example for us. And uh, just before that, in verse 37, Peter was preaching to the Jews, and the Jews were busy killing Jesus, basically. And he preached, and um, this, this uh, is where I want to jump in from verse 37 and 38. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter said, This is my moment. Let me tell you what you should do. And he said, Repent and be baptized. 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? And just the verse after that, you see the early church started. And so clearly, the early church were full of people that repented, they got baptized, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they joined a church. That's what the early church is, is about. A church isn't a building I go to. A church isn't a club that I join. It, it, it's a group of people that God snatched out of their way on, on their way to hell, made them a new person, and said, now I, I put you together. I build you together to be my house, to be my church. That is my church. And He calls us to, to repent and to be baptized and to receive the Holy Spirit. And something that, I, that, I, that just stuck with me in this passage of Scripture is that they were cut to the heart. There was a conviction of sin. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about how, how do we get saved? What is salvation? What is repentance? Is there was a moment of cutting to the heart that you realize I'm actually sinning against the living God. And Lord, I'm sorry. And I turn to God and, and, and He will forgive us of our sins and we will receive the gift of salvation as we turn to Him. That's what happened in my life. And I'll share a bit more on that now. There was a moment where I was like, cut to the heart. Do you remember that day when, when the Holy Spirit came and just cut through your heart? Maybe you lived for your own desires, for whatever the world can offer. You had a hard heart and then the, the Lord came and He just cut through that hard heart. You know, and we turn from our sinful lives. We turn to God and He forgives us. And so, sometimes we just want to overcomplicate things, right? But repentance brings salvation. I think it's a scheme of the, of the devil to come and overcomplicate what salvation is. Honestly, he just wants to confuse you. But if we turn to God and we believe in Jesus and we repent of our sins, He will forgive us. Our salvation isn't based on my ability to be a better person. My salvation is not based on what I do and what I don't do. Your first step of salvation is turning to God, believing in Him, putting your faith in Him, and He does the work. He does the work. And it's, it's almost... Uh, when I read that scripture, it almost sounds like baptism is a very key part of what it means to be forgiven of your sins. It says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. It doesn't just say repent for your forgiveness of your sins. It says, Repent and be baptized for your forgiveness of your sins. Oh my God, like, Lord... But what, is that, what does that now mean? I thought I was saved by faith alone. I thought it's just my faith that saves me. Why is baptism kind of thrown in the mix there as well now? How does that even work? Is it by faith or is it by my works as well? Repent and be baptized. And um, how does this work? And one of the old reformers said this thing. He said, we are saved by faith alone. Amen. Can I give a, get an amen there? <laughs> we are saved by faith alone, but, but the faith that saves us will never stand alone. 
So yes, we are saved by faith alone. But your faith doesn't stand alone. It can't just stay the same. You can't stay the same. If your faith is genuine, if you really believe in God, it will start to do something in us. When you say yes to the Lord, I'll follow you, something in you will start to change. Something in you will go like, I need, I need to change. You know, and and that's, that's, where, that's how we grow in the Lord. If nothing changes, I don't know if you are saved. You know, and our actions will start to change. And ultimately, we will become more like Jesus. Amen? Just I've, many of you are testimonies of that. I mean, I know my brother quite well. I've known him from when he was born. And uh, his, life is a, his life is a testimony of that, where his actions changed dramatically. <laughs> right? <laughs> more or less. <laughs> but all of us, you know, it doesn't matter how bad you, you were or what bad things you've done. Before you gave your life to the Lord, we were all, on the same, we were all heading for the same destination. And the day you, you give your life to the Lord, when you get saved, that spirit will, is in you and it will start to change you. And you'll start that, that he'll start to, to put his finger on things in your life. Hey, you need to change this. I want you to repent of this. I need you to change that. That's, then you know, if, if the Lord is still doing that in your life, you're in a good, good place. I know it's hard when He shows things in us that we need to change, like even this morning with the Word. It, it's often hard when we realize, ah, oh, man, there's things I need to change. But it, if you get those convictions, from my perspective, I think you're in a good place. But the day you stop feeling that conviction, the day you stop feeling like I have to change, then I want to say, I think you're in a dangerous place. Because none of us are like Jesus yet. We all need to grow in, in areas of our lives, right? So when faith works in you, this is what happens. The old is gone, and the new is starting to live. When faith starts to work in us, we, we want to let go of the old life, and we want to become more like Him. And so baptism, just think about it logically. If, if you look at it from the world's perspective, it, it does seem foolish, right? Why do you want to go into a, a swimming pool that's super cold in, in the wintertime in the free state and kind of let someone dunk you in the water? That seems foolish. Why do you want to do that? Just, I don't know, go to a hot bath or something. That, why do you want to do it in a cold swimming pool? <laughs> and often it, it's uh, foolish to the world, but this is God's way. And I'm going to show you why. And just before I show you why, I, I hope it's clear and I hope it makes sense that when we put our faith in Jesus and we repent of our sins, He is the one that forgives us. He is the one that saves us. That's point A. That's the starting point. Amen? That's where we start. We can't speak about baptism without speaking about salvation. And nowadays, that's kind of flipped around, right? The way we grew up in very traditional churches, it's, no, no, someone needs to baptize you, and then you're saved. That's not what I read in Scripture. And so, it really is, as a believer, well, as a sinner, actually, coming to Jesus, and He saves us, that makes us a born-again Christian. It makes us a believer. And then God starts to work in us, and when what I just read, repent and be baptized, 
it is kind of the next step. If you give your life to the Lord, it just feels like that's the first thing he's going for. Because I don't think you can separate the two like we've done over the years. The way the early church saw it is like, repent and be baptized. That's how you get saved. But again, I'm not saying we're saved by works. We're saved by faith. We're saved by faith. But our faith works in us, and it will lead to action. And so in Romans 6 verse 4, is that cool? Does that make sense so far? Romans 6 verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, there we go, <laughs> just, uh, where am I now? just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Isn't that beautiful? We were buried with Him. When we get baptized, we were buried with Christ. This morning we were singing about our resurrected King. Jesus died for us on the cross. He was in the grave. He died for me and you, for our sins. But then he was raised to life. He's a resurrected king. And he's now living in and through us. So he's serving a God that's alive. And in the same way, he's calling us to be buried with him, but not to stay buried in the grave, but actually to live now in and through him. That is what baptism is. And so, ah, Paul. This is another surprise. This is another Greek word coming. The word baptism, and I, I don't want to try and be fancy with Greek words. I actually want to show you how profound this is. It means baptizo. Baptizo is the Greek word. I don't know if, you, if I pronounce that correctly. But it, it, it basically means immerse, to plunge. And that's profound because that is what baptism is. It's to immerse something. And so to immerse something, it means that you need to actually take the thing into the water and immerse it and then let it come out and it, it's different. It's like if you take a, a white shirt, for example, I remember in, in, in my younger days, uh, we, uh, took, we, we used to like, take a white shirt and then uh, there's some coloring um, that we took and then we just immersed that shirt into the color and then it comes out, and it's suddenly that shirt is a different color. It's totally different. But you had to immerse it into it. And with baptism, that's, that, that's exactly the same thing. We, we take our lives, our sinful lives, and we immerse it into Christ, into His, into his death. And then we come out in His resurrection. And now we start to live for Him. And so what Nacho did is technically not baptism, actually. That's, that's sprinkling, you know. And, but, but it's profound. We go under the water. John the Baptist took Jesus under the water, and, as he, and he took him out of the water. And there's many scriptures that, that, that I'll show you that it's uh, something that happens under the water. You know? And so what we'll do is we'll find a swimming pool. or a, you under, Do you remember in Wellington we, uh, we wanted to baptize someone, and the pool was empty, and so we, uh, we, there was a bath in one of the guest houses, and we just, yeah, 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 and we just took, you were there actually, and so we just took everyone into the bathroom, filled the bath with water. That's probably the most comfortable baptism ever. <laughs> and we baptized someone in the bath. <laughs> so it's, it's not about the church should have a, 
uh, something on stage. It's very helpful. I mean, we would love to have a little thing. But it's, it's not about that. It's about finding water and baptizing. So when we go into the water, it really is a symbol of the grave. You know, baptism is very symbolic, but it's not just symbolic. There's power of God that's, that, that's there as well. And I'll, I'll share just now why. So we go into the water as a symbol of his growth, as, as his death, and actually my death. And just as Jesus died for our sins, we also now die to ourselves, actually. So the day you get baptized, it's actually you saying, I die to myself now. I, I don't live for myself anymore. I don't live for my desires anymore. I don't live for my needs and my wants anymore. I live now for him because the old is gone. I've died. The higher you once know is not there anymore. It's not there anymore. It's, it's basically saying, Lord, you have won my heart. My heart is yours. I want to obey you more than anything now. When you've got that heart after your baptism, you know the Spirit is at work in you. When you've got a heart to obey Jesus in everything, you know that's evidence that the Lord is busy working in you. And just as I said, it's not Jesus didn't just die, but he also got raised to life. And in the same way, for us as Christians, we don't just die for him. We actually live for him. And in Josh Jen, that's, that's something that you'll hear often, is dying to live. Dying to live. And yes, our flesh should stay dead, but we should actually live for Christ. We should live for one another. And in the same way, as we come out of the water, we come out with Jesus, being resurrected. The old is gone. The new is now here. And the Spirit starts to work in us, and we'll start to bear fruit for His glory. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, listen to this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. That's beautiful. God makes us new creations. And the old is gone and the new is here. So you'll start to find that the things you once loved, you don't love anymore. You don't want to love anymore. And often, yes, we, we stumble over sin and we kind of one step forward and one step back at times. But in your heart, you know, I don't want to do this. Because that's the old higher. I want the new person that's living in Christ to move forward. So what if I'm not baptized? Does it mean I'm, I'm saved? If I'm not baptized, does it mean I'm saved? And that's a good question. In Mark 16, verse 16, can I just say that the guy on the cross next to Jesus um, wasn't baptized, and he got into heaven. So again, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Your faith in Jesus saves you. All right? But he was nailed on the cross. Surely if he got down from the cross, he would have got baptized. You know what I mean? He was nailed on the cross. He just died just after that, after giving his life to the Lord. So he didn't get an opportunity to get baptized. But the general rule of thumb in the whole Scripture is repent and be baptized. And so in Mark 16, verse 16, listen to this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Again, why do you put those two together? 
But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Just leave that up there. Suddenly he's not putting baptism there in the second part. But whoever, whoever does not believe will be condemned. How does it even work? I thought I'm saved by faith, and now you put baptism in there. But now you're saying, if, if I don't believe, I'm, I'm condemned. And that means baptism doesn't save you again. But it's clear that it's such a vital part of what it means to be properly saved. And so we are saved by believing. Believing that Jesus died for us. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it in your heart that Jesus died for me? And he has called me to live for him. He took all my sin upon himself. He forgave me. And the day I say yes to the Lord, you say yes to, to having him as your personal Lord and Savior. You yield to him. You say, Lord, not my will, but your will. I want to live for you. I want to I believe in you. I want to trust in you my whole life. That's when you, when you are in that position, in that place, you know you're saved. You can know that you're saved in that moment. But again, then faith starts to work in you. Is faith still working in you? Or did you give up on that fight? Is faith still working in you? So once you get saved, the Lord will start, it's probably inevitable that the Lord will go for baptism just after you give your life to Him. And I've seen it so many times. I've seen it so many times where someone gives their life to the Lord, they start to follow Him, the Lord starts to speak about baptism, and then, then you know, you're at a crossroad, just there. You're at a crossroad. Saying yes and obeying Him, or no, not yet. I'll, I just want to wait a bit more, and I'll share just a little bit more on my story just now. But often we resist for various reasons, and it's, then it gets hard. Once you start to resist Him, once you start to delay that obedience, it, it gets hard. Because then you actually turning your ear from Him, actually. Because the Lord is speaking, and He wants us to obey. He wants us to bear fruit. And often people will make a decision for the Lord, and then a year later, there's no fruit. And then you can just pin it back. Well, are you obeying Jesus? Because this is what happens. If you want to bear fruit, who wants to bear fruit for the Lord? Come on, all of us. If you want to bear fruit for the Lord, just obey Him. Just obey Him. And if you're not bearing fruit for the Lord, it's possible that you are delaying obedience or you're not obeying Him at all. And it's a vital part of our walk with the Lord is obedience. Obedience. That's a thing of lordship. Having Him as our Lord. He's not just our Savior that died for us on the cross and gave us a free ticket to heaven. He's our Lord that we lay down our lives and we follow Him. Which means... If He says it, we do it. Because He's our Lord. I'm not the Lord of my life. I'm not the God of my life. He is the God of my life. That's when you know salvation is working in you. Faith is working in you. And so ultimately I want to say that baptism is actually the evidence that you are saved. So are you saved by baptism? No. No. But baptism is the evidence that you are saved. 
And it's vitally important. And do you realize how powerful this is? Do you realize how significant this is? This isn't just ticking the box. This isn't if you want to be part of Josh Jaden, you need to be baptized. Do you tick that box? It's not about that. Do you know how powerful this is to be baptized? To understand God's way. To understand God's salvation for me and you. Man, it's just, oh, Lord Jesus, we stand in awe and wonder before you. Just on what you have done for us. And I remember, I want to end with, with this. I remember getting saved myself. Um, I didn't get saved myself. That's what I, not what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I saved myself. No, it's not what happened. I tried. It didn't work. I pretty much lived for myself and lived for my own dreams and desires. I actually played golf competitively. Who here plays golf? I'll play with you guys. It'll be lacquer. Um, I played golf competitively, and I really wanted to make a life out of it. I wanted to travel around the world and become a professional and all of that. Um, and um, all of that started to change in me the, the day I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I grew up in a traditional church where surrounded with good values, with reading Bible, reading, uh, not, yeah, reading Bible, praying. I was surrounded with, with those good values, and, and it was such a helpful way of growing up and but I realized, I don't know if I know Jesus, like personally. I lived for myself, like I said, for, for, with many things. I, I was in bad relationships and often fell into lust and things like that and often just tripped over sin. And it, 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 it wasn't great. And I, and I gave my life to the Lord and um, faith started to work in me. Faith started to work in me. But it was a difficult journey for me, to be honest, because I thought I was, I was doing right with God. I was, I was right before Him, and I didn't get baptized for like two years. I gave my life to Him, but I, I, just, I just decided I need to be perfect. I need to sort out my life first. I need to wait. I can't get baptized yet. And interestingly enough, in those two years, I just felt like I'm not growing. It just felt like one step forward and two steps back. And at times I felt like, I don't even, even know if I'm saved. Suddenly I'm doing worse things that I've done be, before I got saved. How does this even work? And, and, and I realize God is tapping on obedience in my life, and, and I'm not obeying. And here and there I've tried my, my hardest to lay certain things down and say no to certain things and say yes to things. But it was just hard. Because I, I just felt like I'm not getting breakthrough in my relationship with Jesus. Have you ever felt that way? Man, you're trying your, your best, but you find you're not getting breakthrough. And I basically left for myself, but I really, I, I just felt I can't delay getting baptized anymore. The Lord just kept on laying that thing in my heart, and I said, well, I need to do it. I need to do it. And I, over, I actually think I, I spent too much time overthinking it, trying to justify certain things, and I believe the devil deceived me as well. Because when I read my Bible, it was clear, repent and be baptized. You know? And I realized, well, God, God took me as I am. God really did. But then I realized he, he, he won't leave me the way I am. The grace that works in me will start to change me. And I had to say yes to him. 
And I did. I said, let's do it. And I got baptized in, in, my, swimming, in my parents' swimming pool a few years later. And honestly, you can ask my parents, everything changed after that. Everything changed. It felt, actually felt like that's actually when I got saved. I know I got saved two years ago, technically. But for me personally, I, I remember the day I got baptized, I, I knew. I encountered the Lord in a radical way. I, I encountered Him. I had that moment of cutting through the heart and conviction of sin that I know repentance is turning away. And so I had to say no to many things, actually. Many things. My dreams, man, I played golf every day of my life, basically. I had to lay that down. I still play some, some golf here and there, but it's not an idol anymore. Relationships, all these type of things, I started to get breakthrough. And I'm living a pure life when it comes to my purity. And that, that, that's because of the work of Christ in me. It started to work in me. That's power. That's power right there. That's the power of God working. But my baptism, listen to this. Those of you who knew me in school, hopefully not many of you, I, I had a bad mouth. Like, I, like, every sentence had a swear word in, literally. Obviously, I, 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 I disguised it quite well in front of certain people, but every sentence had a swear word. It was literally my go-to. It's just over-exaggerating on things and just by swearing and, and things like that and explaining my emotions, and I just... Um, sweared the right word, swore, I don't know, what, Joe, swore, I swore a lot, a lot, now I'm preaching, so this is already a testimony, isn't it, but I, I literally, I was just swearing like so many times, as a Christian, not a unsaved unbeliever, as a Christian, after I gave my life to the Lord, in those two years, I was just going for it. Listen to this. I couldn't break free. As a Christian, I couldn't break free. The day I got baptized, you know, sometimes you think when I'm under the water, I'll ask the Lord to come and forgive me of this. It just happens so quickly because it, it should be because it's His work. It's His Spirit working. You know, it's not based on your own workings. I was just in and out of the water and I never swore in my life again. Until this day, I've never swore again. Honestly, this is the testimony of God. And it's not about me, but there was such a grace of God breaking that thing in me that day. It was literally chains around me that just broke. It just broke. And, and, and I don't know how it happens. And it might not work, work in your life the same way. It might not work that way. But for me, that's, that's the power of God at work right there at baptism. So is baptism just symbolic of our, our death and our resurrection in Jesus? It's not just that. It's that, but it's also the power of God at work, doing something in you. Often people ask me, so what will happen when I'm under the water? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not much in, in, like, in the natural, you know what I mean? You'll probably get wet, but that's about it. But the Spirit is working. It's in you and working, and you are being cleansed by God, actually. You come out wanting to live for Him. And it's, it's just clear to me in so many people's lives, the day you get baptized is, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make this a rule, but it's clear to me. I've seen it many times. 
When you get baptized, suddenly the gifts of the Spirit starts to get activated. It starts to get activated. I do think you can, act, you can walk in the gifts without getting baptized. But good luck. Because <laughs> for me, it's repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord starts to use you to build up His house. So the chances of us walking in the flesh with our gifts is, is quite high. But we need to be a people that, that's living according to the Spirit. And from that place, build up His house. Has He done this in your life yet? Has He done this in you? If not, why not? If not, why not? Wasn't that a beautiful saying of Wilma Ray? If not, why not? Come, God, let's do it. Why are you holding back? Why are you resisting? And this morning, we're not forcing you to get baptized. You are more than welcome to come every Sunday without being baptized, honestly. But I want to encourage all of us. And if you want to grow in God and you haven't been baptized, I want, to, I want you to pray about it. I want, to, want you to go and ask God, Lord, should I? I want you to actually reflect this morning. Am I actually a follower of Jesus? Have I received the gift of salvation yet? Because that's where it starts. It's a believer's baptism. That's what it is. A believer getting baptized. It's not a klein doop and a groot doop. It's not a small doop and a big doop. What do you call it? Yeah. You want to share something? So, um, in 1 Peter 2 verse 2, it reads, Like newborn infants long for the pure uh, spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And um, taking that, when we get saved, we, we get saved as newborns or as newborns into the, the family or into the, um, into the spirit. We get saved as newborns. And, and we are babies. And we must know that. We must know that we are babies that must grow up and mature in the spirit. And thinking of, I mean, I've got a little boy and a little girl and we've got some parents sitting here who has all the children as well. And looking at, at little children, how do they live? What do they do? They do what they see their parents do. I see some of the moms nodding. <laughs> they, they do what they see their parents do. And if I, as a Christian walk on earth, and I say, I'm following Jesus, I'm looking towards Jesus, and I go read the scripture, what did Jesus do when he was on earth? He got baptized. So that is physically like a way of following in Jesus' footsteps. Like, it's a very practical thing. I mean, what Hoya shared on this morning of being, being born again and then coming out uh, and being resurrected out of the water. I mean, I've, I've been there myself and I do see the grow out of that. And then taking just a very practical outlook on this as well, going, if I'm following Jesus, he got baptized and he's the son of God. Like, wow, <laughs> if I'm following him, what is stopping me from doing what he did? if I call myself a follower of Jesus.
It's very good, you know. And Jesus, Jesus was obviously without sin, so he, he didn't have a need to get baptized. But he set an example. That's what Aaron said. He set an example for us. This is what it means to follow me. Like, this is, this is my way. And he, said, he gave us this example of what it means to live a life on this earth. Isn't it such a high standard that we can't do by ourselves? We can't lean on our own understanding. We need to rely on him. But we need to be a people that wants to grow and wants to be obedient. And this morning I want to pray for us. And um, I'm actually not going to ask you to respond to get baptized like today. I want you to actually bring it before the Lord. Chat, come and chat to us as leaders. If you feel like, oh, that was good, eh? I, I feel like the Lord is working in me. I need to get baptized. The Spirit is working. Come and chat to us because our heart isn't, okay, Wednesday, we've got a, a baptism Wednesday and we're just baptizing all of you without actually making sure, have you received the gift of salvation yourself, firstly? And do you understand why? You understand what needs to happen after this. We need to follow the Lord. And so we want to walk it out with you. But I want to encourage us to do that. And so before we, before we get baptized, do you understand salvation? You know, can I say that not everyone is saved and born again? Not everyone is saved and born again. You need to make the decision to follow Jesus yourself. It's great that your parents taught you in the ways of God. It's great that you grew up in, in a church. But you need to take responsibility for your life and your spiritual walk. All right? And so we need, we need to realize we all fall short of the standard of Jesus. We all fall short of His glory. No matter what we do or don't do, we all fall short and I've tried being a good person without, get, without being a follower of Jesus. I've tried it. It doesn't save you. And as we repent, as we turn away from our sinful life and we turn to God and we ask Him for forgiveness and we say, Lord, I believe that you're alive. I believe that God the Father has raised you from the dead and now you're alive and you want a living and active relationship with me today. I say yes to that and you believe in Him, and you yield to Him, then you are saved. Then you can receive this gift of salvation that God gives freely to all of us that who says yes to Him, that bows their need to Him. But we need to come to Him in faith. We need to receive it in faith and say yes to Him. And I want us to just close your eyes where you are, and I, I want us to just consider, where am, where am I right now? Do I have the gift of salvation? Am I actually a follower of Jesus? And as, as I was sharing this good news of Him, have you turned to, to Christ yet? Have you repented of your sinful life yet? Have you turned to Him and said, Lord, come and forgive me. I want to give you my life. My life is now yours. I yield to you. I want to give my life to you. I want to give my heart to you. And I want to ask you if there's anyone this morning that haven't done that yet. If you haven't made that decision by saying yes to him, but I want to say yes by giving my life to you. I just want to want you to just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone like that this morning?
just with all their eyes closed. Is there anyone that wants to say yes to him, for giving their lives to him? Just raise your hand where you're sitting. Is there anyone? Great. And maybe for, for the rest of us, and I'm, I'm sure as I preach about baptism, many, many of you are baptized already, but do you realize the wonder of that? Do you realize how powerful that is and the faith that works in you? Is the faith still working in you? Is God still working in you and making you more like Him? Or have you actually resisted in obedience? And maybe this morning you also hear that realize I actually haven't got baptized. I, I maybe grew up in a traditional church and I thought I was baptized, but now you said it's a believer's baptism. And I believe in Jesus. And I want to ask you, you need to consider that. You need to consider getting baptized. Just, just where you are, just bring your heart before Him. Maybe subtly you started living for yourself again. Not living flat out for the glory of Jesus. You know, following Jesus can't be a secretive thing. Following Jesus can't be a secretive thing. Just, it's not just you and, and God and no one knows about it. And that's why often when we get baptized, it's a public thing. We invite our friends, we invite our people in our communities, and we celebrate new life. And it's a public declaration that I say yes to following Jesus and it's a journey. We're all on this journey. And I want to, just in closing, want to ask you, if you want to get baptized, come and chat to us. Come and chat to one of the leaders. Bring it before God. Bring it before us. Let me walk it out with you. Because I'm sharing this not to, to be funny. I'm actually sharing this for your sake. Because I know what it has done in my life, like I just shared. And I want each one of us to grow into the things of God.